Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. All right, everyone, welcome to this episode of Pastors Unplugged. It'll go out to laity, everyone as well, because I think this is such an important topic. I've got my special guest here and a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, Gary Hornsby. If I pronounce that right, you can correct Hornsby. Hornsby, okay. And uh, so many similarities in ministry. And he's going to kind of walk us through this redemptive work of Christ and falling forward and coming out of the pit. And his story is, um, well, let me just tell you up front, I'm, when you, when you told me about what happened, I was excited and actually proud of you because so many people fall and they don't want to talk about it. And number one, number two is many people don't realize that all of us have issues in our lives. And if we don't deal with them at some point, they will take us down. Pastors, leaders, Christians, you know, I've opened up in my past, you know, with uh, years ago before we even started the church, you know, alcohol, you know, if I open that door again, you know, it'll, it'll take me down. And there's always these areas. And so I think when we don't talk about it, when we don't let people know we're, um, you know, that we're not real and transparent, that it can, it, it doesn't really help them to the d- degree it could. So anyway, I'll let you take over for now. And then I'll ask a few questions. If you kind of want to give us a, a, a snapshot of what happened. I know you were a pastor, you know, maybe how many years ago? Um, and then, you know, what happened with all that and then where you're at now? Yeah, so thanks for having me. First of all, I really appreciate this opportunity just to, uh, really to give God the glory. Yes. And that's, that's the great thing about it. If I was to, you know, if we had a room of a hundred people that were believers in Jesus, and I went around and I asked for all their stories, all of us came out of different pits. Right. All of us have different stories of what we were in, but, and how, how stuck we were or how deep the pit was or all these things. You know, we have all these different pits, but we all have the same hero. Right. Exactly. We all have the same hand that reaches down into that pit when we cry out to him. He's the one that gets the glory for everything that we do. And, you know, the, the, really the reality is like Psalms 41 through 3 that I'm kind of making reference to right now is when I got saved in prison as a young yep. man, when that, that, that scripture jumped out at me because here I was in a, what I considered a pit. I'm right. just getting saved. He is pulling me up out of this pit, setting me on a foundation, establishing a new goings, giving me a new perspective on life. And uh, many will see my life and they'll, they'll, uh, God will be glorified. Right. 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 And our life's to glorify him. What we don't understand though, when we think about David who wrote that psalm, that you got to ask the question, you know, wonder what pit he was talking about. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't really say which pit. And some of those pits were no fault of his own. And other of those pits, if he went and looked in the mirror, he had the shovel. He created right? it. Right? He created the pit. And you're like, which one Which one is he talking about here? And sometimes we can, in, for each of our lives, right, not only when we get saved, but we realize there's going to be times in our life that we're going to be faced with different pits and different things we're going to be put in. Some tragedies that happen to us when our kids might pass away before us oh, or, or just financial calamity. There's all kinds of different pits we might find ourselves in. But the beautiful part is, is that when we cry out to him, but that grace there's never a pit that's so deep 
that. You know, I love when the Lord says and asks that question in Scripture, is my arm too short? short to hit, so you know what I mean? Yeah. He's saying, do you think your pit, it's your pit, great. your situation, you think you're too stuck? You think you've blown it too much? You think you've you've really done it now? Now there's no hope for mm-hmm. you? Do you think my, my arm of grace can't come down and reach down and grab a hold of you and pull you out? Mm-hmm. And so then at the more mature, I've been serving the Lord for 34 years. I got saved in 1988. And then pa- pastored after prison. Yes, and I, and I uh, planted a church, pastored a church in in Ranch Cucamon called River, the River's Edge Church. Uh, never wanted to be a pastor, of course. And also right. I've got that started a 20-acre men's ranch. Did all, used to do all kinds of outreaches, all kinds of stuff. Right. The kingdom right. of God, promoting the kingdom of God. So when I look back, there's been several pits. And sometimes we find ourselves in a pit that uh, can seem so overwhelming and so deep. And so, like you know, the enemy really wants to take you out. Absolutely, yeah. But what I found out, and what I want to talk about today, is that new song. Yeah. He says he'll put a new song in our mouth, and many shall see it and put their trust in the Lord. And, you know, we don't always get to choose our stories. And God will, as he says, he works all things to the good. But I've understood, like you said at the beginning, mm-hmm. I learned when I am willing to just be authentic and real about my journey, Right. Right. It's going to give hope. It's, it's, it's lyrics to a new song. And sometimes those new songs are only birthed out of a, another pit. Right. Yeah. Right. You know Absolutely. what I mean? You know, say, well, I, I, you want a new song? Well, you might yeah. have to get pulled out of a new pit in order to have the new song. Yeah. But it says many will see and fear and they'll put their trust in the Lord. And so what I found is in my story is that. Of course, I've always had a heart for leaders and pastors. Mm -hmm. I've just been wired the way, a very kingdom-minded guy. And what I've realized is my story now has given many pastors, many leaders, hope that they can get their life right, no matter what the consequences might come, because that was a big part, and then establish a new life. And that's why repentance is so important, because without that, you kind of stay in that pit. You know, if you don't repent and, and cry out to the Lord, you stay yeah. blaming excuses. Well, and, well when yeah. you're in the pit, right, the, yeah. the, the devil wants to give you a shovel, right? You can dig your way out of this or, or, or like you said. Cover yourself yeah, with cover the yourself, dirt. Yeah, cover yourself, right? Go ahead and give cover me a yourself. Shovel. You're I just want, Yeah. You're done. That's what, that's what our flesh, everything wants to do because that self-preservation. Yeah. Is a powerful emotion, wanting to preserve self. Absolutely. And sometimes people would rather just just hide in that yeah. versus just try to trudge through it without really being able to walk in the victory that yeah. is afforded them. But but you know, there's there's uh you know, it's not easy to uh to to come clean. No, so you know, in my situation for me it was literally uh be- just kind of give you a little backdrop. So when I was when I was a young man, uh, there was an event that happened to me that uh, my dad had had several wives, and yeah. one of his wives was younger than him one time, and, and they went out drinking one night. And when she came back home, I was 12, 13 yeah. years old. She climbed to bed with me. And yeah, so my very yeah. uh, my very first sexual experience was with my dad's stepmom. Broke I mean, with my right stepmom, there. right? Yeah. And so in just starting puberty, all that stuff. So you got all these emotions as a young man and like you're finding something really gratifying and all that sort of stuff, but but Twisted, mentally yeah. you're just trying to process what just this happened? is. I love my dad. My me and my dad were close. When I say close relationship, close. So here I'm doing something against him that just boggled my mind and, and I felt like I was the scum of the earth. Yeah. But yet when she would come on to me, I would feel like Superman. Right. Right. And so I was on like this merry-go-round from hell of, of, 
I would feel so bad about what I was doing, it would literally drive me to want to back to, do, back to her because yeah. she made me feel good. She's like, feel, uh, you know, you're talking about drinking, right? Shame, guilt. I, I want to drink because I feel so bad and drinking makes me feel better, which in turn makes me feel so bad. Is that <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a cycle of it or drug use, addiction, anything. So when I got saved, I thought, you know, I actually even kind of changed that story in my mind as I grew up. You know, I started saying, oh, yeah, I started off being trained by an older woman, you know, and yeah, kind of yeah, made yeah. it into a good story, right? Right. But see, what I didn't understand is I had made an agreement inside my heart as a very young young, young man that I'm a horrible, person. horrible person. What kind of person does this, right? And I didn't understand what that had planted in me. And I never addressed it right. until I went through all this stuff. And then when I went through, you know, after I, I failed in my marriage, yeah. I went through like 13, 14 months of, you know, discovery. And I really went back to that agreement, of course, handled that agreement, put the truth of what Jesus yeah. says in that and got it correctly. But what it did when that happened to me, I realized I was susceptible to certain kind of women coming on to me a certain way that triggered that old emotion. Those right. cracks in the armor. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I used to always, you know, there's two things that I really wanted when I was a young man, when after I got uh, saved, is I wanted to wait uh, to have intercourse till I was married. married. Yeah. And then I wanted to be that 75-year-old guy that could mm-hmm. say, hey, I was faithful to your mom. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I mean, those were like two, what you call, strong values that yes. I wanted to do. But yet I would struggle with certain women that come on to me a certain way. I would get like foggy minded. You right, know what I mean? Right. It was like compromise. It, it, it felt almost like the something was getting released in my body that was like, man, I don't understand why I'm so foggy. You think it right was demonic? You know, maybe a demonic stronghold. Either that or it was pushing those buttons of the way that one woman would come on to me. True. You know yeah. what I mean? It was doing that. And what you told me that really, you know, was is going to be eye opening is you kept preaching during that season and leading the church because you can't, I can't lose all this, you know, self-preservation yet you were preaching just as strong because you're, you're so broken going to the Lord. And then, you know, that, that, that dichotomy of what's happening. It's called desperation. Desperation. Yeah. And there's amazing thing about when you're desperate for God to show up, yeah. He, he is grace, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, so let me just kind of fast yeah, forward absolutely. today so we don't have a lot of time to talk about this. But so, and once I, once I, uh, I failed in my marriage, uh, then of course, all of a sudden I found myself, you know, it's like I used to tell my men all the time, you know, you've heard it said that, you know, don't ever get on the train because the train will take you farther than when you need to go. It'll cost keep you, you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than when you want to pay. I mean, I mean, I, I preached that. Yeah. I believed it. Yeah. I, I discipled guys in that. All of a sudden, I realized I'm on the train. Yes. I'm on the train. How do I get out? And another point is being I'm in a pit, right? Mm-hmm. And see, the, the problem is when we're a leader and we fail in that way, that the pit is so so overwhelming because because of our position, because of who we are, and because of the the collateral damage that will happen of us coming clean it is it's it's overwhelming so the shame the guilt and then what happens is when you're now all of a sudden you're even more susceptible because now you're on that it's almost like you're back on that yeah. merry-go-round yeah right and so 
But for me, I think we talked a little bit about my story, what happened at the Rose Bowl, and I had that, uh, I suffered from sudden cardiac death on 11-11-11, and, and so then for Yeah, period, talk about that for a minute. You're, you have a pacemaker that sometimes... Yeah, a defibrillator. That yeah. sometimes goes off. Yeah. Only when my heart stops. Only well, your- that's when it's only supposed <laughs> to go off. It's went off a couple of times accidentally, but... but oh, my goodness. Yeah. But so. you didn't have that at the Rose Bowl. No, that's no. what caused so, you to. Yeah, so it was a miraculous story. There's a Christian guy who wasn't supposed to work that day. He told his boss, "Man, I for some reason I'm supposed to be there." He comes there. Uh, it's a big event at the Rose Bowl called Liner in the Sand. I was there with a bunch of people from my church. I went down to the bathroom. I came out. I looked to have my guys who were doing security there to rotate for my men's ranch, and uh, my heart just shut off electronically. I mean, it's called sudden cardiac death because when you hit the ground, you're gone. Yeah, right. And so. So when that uh, when that happened to me, this medic who wasn't supposed to be at work that day had already drove the medical cart to that side of the Rose Bowl, stopped the cart, got out, and said, Lord, why am I at work today? He hears something, turns around, I'm on the ground. Unbelievable. And he had the jumpers on his cart. Without so that, like, it would have been... You're done. Yeah, so people die in the hospital from this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really... Yeah. So, so God miraculously saved my life. And Were you right with him by then? Like the No, no, this is before. Before, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is before. Yeah. And so then, uh, and you would think, man, after a miracle like that, you'd be set for the rest of your life to make sure mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? Walk the shit now. You think, yeah. right? But all of a sudden, I was, I was living like, Today might be my last day. Today yeah. my last day, and I ended up putting myself in a position of visiting a girl that I was a fiance with, you know, years ago. Yeah, and all that stuff, and just some dynamics there, and um, so I ended up failing. And then, then I at first I tried to just I thought I dug myself out of it. I thought I, you know. I covered yeah. up myself well, whatever, and I thought I was done with it. But then years later, when in like four years later, I had to go in for open heart surgery, and uh, uh, she had reached out to me again. I th- we thought we had it, you know, you know, covered, what yeah. yeah. So we thought, okay, I got through that. I'm, I'm on, you know, whew, that was close. My, my sin everything. won't, my sin won't find me out. Yeah, yep. You yeah. know, it's like, whoo, that was really close. Yeah. Uh, she reconnected with me when I had my open heart surgery, and. Uh, then I went in for my surgery, and I saw her. Yeah, I told her yes. I'd call her back. And then, uh, then when I got out of the hospital, on the day I got out of the hospital, uh, she started texting me because I hadn't called her back yet. And I right. just, and at that moment, I realized I'm, I'm, I haven't really resolved it. You know what I mean? I right. I'm still on the train. Wow! Right? Wow! I thought I was off the train, but I'm still on the train. Yeah, because you're still contacting her. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So. So then I get this. Then I get this text message, and this is what I, I get this text message from this prophetic guy that I've known for for years, from up in San Francisco. And a lot of times he'll text me things that sometimes they're dead on, yeah, yeah. But sometimes yeah. He texts me something, and I'm, I'm like trying to understand what he's even talking about, right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy, and I'm like, yeah. you know. But this time he was talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt, da da da, and it's all in regular letters, right? Then it goes into capital letters, and it says. Don't test God. Don't test God. Even if it costs you everything, it's worth it to find the real you. Wow. And then he goes into the story about the Israelites and like regular, you know what I mean? And wow. I tell you, those capital words, because I'm contemplating my situation, yeah. and those words jumped off that screen. You could, you, If God would have sit down in a choir of angels to tell me that same thing, it couldn't have had any more impact. That's True. how impactful it was to yeah, me. Yeah, that's amazing. And it says, even if it costs you everything... 
he gives me a promise. It's worth it to find the real you. Think about that. Unbelievable. Is that crazy? Yeah. And so I began to think, well, what's everything? What if I confess? Ministry. What's everything? Marriage. And so I, I, I concluded that, okay, if Jesus comes back next week, who do I want him to find? Hmm. Do I want him to find a guy that's pastoring a church, got a ranch, got a satellite TV program, got got businesses, all this other stuff that's going on, you know, with my heart 80, 90% right? Right. Or would I rather have him find a single guy living in an apartment, working as a janitor with my heart 100% right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was just like, I'd rather be the single guy living in an apartment, wow. you know? And I just had this moment of, of courage, yep. you know, to to say, you know, and I really didn't understand the promise to find the real you because I was one of those pastors. Probably a lot of people would say it to you is they probably like you because you feel like they feel like you're the the real deal, right? Right. right. Because yeah. if you followed me around in my life, I didn't act any different at home or at the store or yeah, yeah, wherever yeah. I went. I was consistent, and people always says, "Man, I just man, Gary, I just like you. You're like you're like the real deal, right. real deal." So when he said the real me to me. I didn't even really compute fully in my head because I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? I, yeah. You know, of course I wasn't completely clean on confessing because of the collateral damage. But other than that, I was, you know, pretty much right. an open book, right? And uh, so I didn't really see it. And so I ended up, um, you know, confessing to that. And then I resigned. I was a four square minister. Uh, and I went into immediately, I just wanted to find out because when I, I wanted to find out what it was when I says, I just, because sometimes when we struggle with something as leaders, we say, I just don't understand. You ever, you ever seen that? Thing? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why that grabs me, why that pulls me down. I don't understand this. I don't understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I had one of those in my life. I don't understand why, because I didn't, everything I told you I do understand now, I didn't understand then. Right, right. I hadn't gone on that journey yet. And so I just don't understand. And so I wanted to like, you know, I told my, my supervisors and force course, listen, I don't need any carrots. I don't want anybody. I want to, I want to go through a process because I want to get to the root cause. I want to find out What's what I don't on? understand. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to do it. And uh, so I got associated with a ministry called Ted Roberts, uh, uh, Pure Desire. And I've he, heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So Ted's a great guy. He, he took me on himself. And uh, so I met with him every week for 13 You know, that's what, that's, that's a good, just a transition other than back to what you're saying. But many pastors or leaders or anyone, they won't do that accountability. Or even if they do it for a week, like, okay, you know, I'll do it. I got caught. But it, very few. I mean, I could name some some of the bigger name pastors who have fallen over the years, and uh, I've I've known two or three of their accountability groups, and in all cases, they withdrew from their accountability group yeah. within you know a m- couple weeks or a month. Well, the shame, true, and, we'll the, and the guilt is overwhelming when you realize you're hurting the people you love the most. Yeah, your immediate family, my wife, and we had just had one of our sons pass away. Oh my goodness! In, so, I I had failed, and then he had passed away. So I I didn't. He hadn't passed away, and then I failed in that season when I was struggling and failing. He passed away, wow. right? And so you imagine the emotions are going on in our family, mm, I can't, right? Beyond anything, and, yeah. 
the also there, I had five years of just a lot of trials through my businesses. We experienced a lot of the uh, setbacks in my business as well. So there was a lot of stuff, you know, just in our life that was going on. Yeah. And to think that I added to that pain and suffering to my wife, to my kids, and then to all the people who came faithfully and supported a ministry yeah. and I was the visionary and I was taking them on a journey and, and all of a sudden their, their leaders not oh, there anymore. Yeah, Do you it's it's yeah. overwhelming. The regret. I can't, I can't even imagine. Yes. Yeah. And so it's so the enemy at that moment, I mean, he really wants to take you out. He says, man, you're in a suicidal like thoughts. Said, no, I've yet. never, I've never yeah. been a person that because I've been through a lot my entire life. And so I always know you, you wow. can get through it, but I could see a person because yeah. it seems so overwhelming. It seems like no way out. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. My whole reputation or they run back to the sin. Yeah. 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 And, uh, the, the desire for me was I wanted to not, I wanted to find out the root cause and I wanted, matter of fact, I even, when I confessed to my wife, I told her, I said, listen, I'm not telling you this because I want to end anything. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this because I want our next 20 years to be the best that it can be. Right. Right. And when, because the doctor said that time frame to me, they said, this open heart surgery we did for you in 2015, we think we've given you another 20 years. And before I was thinking I was going to die any day. Yeah. Right. And now all of a sudden, they're telling me I'm going to live for 20 years. I'm like, well, I don't want to live with this secret no. for 20 yeah. years. It changed the dynamic. So the good news health-wise was bad news spiritual because right, I right. was like, when I thought I was going to die, I'll just, I'm just going to yeah. die. Yeah. Right. And so it's not going to go much longer. You know, I'd, I'd, drive to, I'd drive in the morning to see a sunrise and I'd say, I wonder if this is my last sunrise. But now yeah. they're saying, hey, you got 20 more years. Then it's yeah. like, I want things to be right. And I know there's leaders out there right now. You're struggling with things. You failed. And it seems like if you come clean, it's going to, it's the devastation, the collateral damage and everything is going to be so overwhelming. There's no hope. But here's the thing is there's a new song. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the beautiful part of this message is that when he pulls us out of that pit, Shane, yeah. and when it feels like I've, it's too deep, there's no way. How is he ever going to, you know, reestablish, do anything? And I guess I'm just good, you know. And I, and was, honestly, I was content with, okay, Lord, whatever. I, I don't need no titles. I don't need, I was never a title guy anyhow. Right. I didn't need titles and, acclim, you know, pats on yeah. the back ministry-wise and stuff. So uh, I was content with just being, I just, whatever I whatever I need to do, yeah. right? It was yeah. just like, I just want to serve you, Lord. And, but to see how he, all of a sudden he uses our life when we re cry out to him and he grabs a hold of us and he pulls us out and he sets us on a rock again. And God blessed me with a, I had a, the, the church I attend is called the way world outreach. And, mm. uh, pastor Marco, it was just one of my most, when I used to do a lot of kingdom events, pulling a lot of pastors together right. in the inland empire, doing a lot of, uh, unity stuff. And then, you know, impacting our region for Jesus. There's got a lot of cool stories of what God did amongst that. Uh, there's one pastor that was always just, he just, he was very flexible. He had moved, turned on a dime. He it would take him. advantage of opportunities. And he just became like, hey, man, I don't know. My pastor Mark was like my favorite pastors and stuff. Right. Little did I know that he would be the one to receive me in such a way that really just instilled hope. 
yes. into my life at a whole new level just from, because here, here's the thing. When you go in a pit, there's going to be a group of people that are, they're going to forever remember you Always. as the guy who fell in the pit. Yep. Right? Oh, you weren't saved to begin you're, with. You're, you're the guy. Yeah. We know what you did. You fell in the pit. You're a pit guy, right? And then there's going to be another group of people that say, man, you came out of that pit. Mm-hmm. Man, God is, you know, he wants to establish you. They'll see the song, yeah, right? Exactly. And then, I mean, the reason we're here today, right? Because mm-hmm. of our friendship. And you think, you didn't see the pit guy. You saw mm-hmm. the song guy. Right, exactly. Right? The new lyrics that, that can be sung now because I came out of the pit, right? And the enemy wants us to stay in the pit. He wants to take us out. He yeah. wants to make us done, you know? Well, I mean, for me, it's realizing that all of us can fall in any area, you know, to think, it, you know, it will never happen to me. Uh, they actually interviewed 280 of the top Christian leaders who fell about 20 years ago. And at the top of the list was they said it would never happen to me. It will never happen to me. And I, I don't know if I touched on that, but because that value oh, you did was. Say that too. Well, <laughs> I think that. I, that's why I put myself true. in that situation yeah. because my value was I would never cross that line. Right. And because I had so much surety that I wouldn't cross that line, I put myself in a situation based on I think that I'll never do that. Yeah. Had I, had I been more fearful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had a proper perspective of how vulnerable we all are, right? right? Even though if you would have talked to me back then, I'm sure I could have just explained that I'm super careful, all this sort of stuff. But the bottom line is if we're drawn, here's the, here's, here's what I've learned. Here's a real big nugget. If I'm drawn to do it and it's a little off, it's very powerful. Yeah. It's not that it's not that big a deal, right? Because what we think is, well, it's not that big a deal. So if you're thinking about, you know, I'll just counsel this girl or I'll just do this or I'll do that. And you kind of feel inside, you know, that's not quite right. That's not that big a deal. The fact that you're wrestling with it and you're thinking about doing it, it's a big deal. That means it's danger zone. Conviction of the spirit. It's danger zone. Right. And so how do you, did did your devotional life with the Lord fade away a little bit too? Or that was good? and. No, I was... It's amazing. Yeah, no, I did... Uh, what, it, you, you want to stay close listen, and broken, but... I, kept- here's the thing is, the Lord had me on a depth of identity and who I was. So he he really revealed so much... I, I was I was honestly preaching good messages because I was getting... Pers- In order for oh, me yeah. to sustain... Yeah. Right. And yeah. just not crumble ever and everything. He was infusing me with important truths and principles and dynamics and and yeah. and he just continued to do that in my in my life. So never did I feel uh a separation other than when I first started going after that happened and I went back into church, it was just a different environment because when I started like it's hard to look people in the face and I Well, and, I didn't go back to my church, of course, but yeah. I'm just saying when I going into church I was just like it felt different being in his house. So it was a little yeah. bit of a struggle of getting back on track where I felt like I was, I was wow. on track again, but, but no, I, that word desperation, right? Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I've, I've been a pursuer of Jesus my entire life. And honestly, you know, through every single pit, I've learned that yeah. like Paul says into the Philippians, he says, here's an old man, he's in prison. Yep. And he says these words, I just want to know Jesus more 
Think about that. Yeah. Here he is, they're that old, and the power of the Lord. resurrection. And he says, I just want to be found in him. That means yeah. when life squeezes, he wants Jesus to come out. Then he says, and I want to be conformed to his death and his resurrection. And what I've learned is the process of dying to self is what enacts the power of the resurrection in my yeah. life. Yeah. Right? But some of us are pretty hard-headed, and there's things in our flesh that aren't that easy to kill. Yeah. And... Uh, but once we allow him to kill those things, it's amazing. There's the manifest power of this is a little off topic. I just thought of it, but I'm sure it's a question on the minds of many. And I've, I've tackled it before in, in other, in my books, I think, but when would a leader who falls like that, would they ever be restored to position of a lead pastor or are they, you know, kind of I, my, I mean, my thought is a significant time needs to, to go by, but if God, you know, begins to rebuild that person. Also depends on the age of the person, I guess, how long, you know, um, I, I know pastors who have fallen at 24 out of seminary and God gives them a church at 40, yeah. you know, after they've been broken, humble. Yeah, but there's well, some stances that say, you know, never, ever again, or if you've ever been divorced, never, you know, there's a lot of that out there well, too. The whole thing about disqualifying people for certain things versus the call of God on their life. If Jesus, he broke it down. He says, well, if you look on a woman, you commit yes, adultery. Yeah. So Jesus made it clear. It's a matter of the heart. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing is that God does search our hearts in second Corinthians chapter three. when he talks about that we're a, a, an epistle written upon our hearts. So when we unveil our heart, and whatever that journey is, and I think God knows the heart, knows right. that if you're genuine and and what your motives of why you want to do things. Did I you think, submit to accountability? Has it been a significant amount of time? And you know, there's a lot of things. Yeah. So so you know. Yeah. From but yeah. like these guys, not to interrupt, but these guys that like they fall and then a year later they're planning a church. It's like ah, you yeah. know. You know that that in my story that I would see no way to do that. You know right, what I mean? Right. Because there's a lot. <laughs> To, there's a Unpacked to get down to the root cause yeah. of when a, when you're a leader and you fail in such a way that that causes that kind of collateral damage, it's a deep root, yeah. and it's something that's got to don't don't think oh man I came up there and we had a deliverance service I got delivered from it praise the Lord I'm good to go mm -hmm. I, I it, I'm not saying God can do anything like that of course we know that but in my case there was there was some. Uh, you know, I had to deal with this. I had to deal with a lot of stuff in my life yeah. to really, where I feel, you know, uh, healthy. And also, you know, the uh, there's a lot us leaders can do. We don't necessarily have to be the guy behind the pulpit. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Is not I've like always what you're doing now. You're very active in ministry. Right. And and it's a lot trying to help other leaders. Right. You learn from my pit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the, you know the best way to. To stay out of that situation, don't get in the pit to begin with. Right. But if you do, you know, just know that don't let it destroy you right. and just know that you're going to get a new song, you know. And so, you know, I don't know how much time we have, but to sum up, um, it, what I heard from you is first and foremost, confession, repentance, getting right with the Lord needs to be the priority, no matter what the cost. And that is so true because... Uh, that relationship restored will be better than trying to hold this position. And it's hard. I'm difficult. I'm sure. I mean, I couldn't even process that really. Uh, but that is better. Avoid the compromise even from the get go. Even if you're, if you feel conviction to draw, drawn towards something. If you're, yeah. If you're thinking it's not that big a deal, but you know that you're, you're going it, outside. Deal. Yeah. That's your warning sign. It is a big deal because you're, you're telling yourself it's not that big a deal. 
So that's your like, let your alarm bells. And the enemy doesn't push you off the cliff. He sometimes takes you down one step at a time. And now you're at the bottom going, how did I get here? Because you weren't going to jump off. And that's what those little compromises are. You know, I think in that list of 280 Christians, uh, the the other thing was 80% counseled women of the opposite sex. You know, and that's just, uh, I mean, that's, I think, standard protocol for, for pastors yeah. is, you know. Yeah, and I didn't do that. Yeah, you, know I mean? you so didn't. I, I yeah. didn't. And so, yeah. but the ones that do, yeah. that I think that's really dangerous. Yeah. Because, and it's hard for the women, too, because you become this great guy that listens to everything. No, yeah, you need to. It's just, yeah. everything gets twisted up easy. But the the outcome for all of us, really, is to glorify God. And that means that we're a tangible expression of his presence. Right. Yes. And so what I've learned, Shane, is that life is more about how we respond to it than what happens to us. And when we learn to how to respond until you're talking about it, was I accountable? So like when I, when I, when I, when I failed, when I confessed first, that was a major, major thing for, I, you know, I'm an ex convict, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing in me in my natural man that ever says to myself, I think I want to tell myself, you know, just naturally. Oh, yeah. no, like, no, no, I'm yeah. wired opposite completely. And I'm also wired in the way that you can tell me something. You say, you could tell me something and, and you don't, I can put it in a vault inside my brain mm-hmm. in a box and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's locked up as good. So yeah. by just as a person, Never ever tell them myself, yeah. right? I mean, just and don't tell others. Yeah, and and also, I'm, I can I can compartmentalize. I had to be an expert at compartmentalism. Yes, right, because how to survive in a household when I love my dad and I was sleeping with his wife. You can imagine. Yeah. I had no. to become an expert as compartmentalizing things. Yeah, it's called, I forget what it's called. It's it's that term or uh, yeah, disengage or just. You're almost like split personality, even though you're not. It's this is you this just, you put side it in a of me. Box yeah. And, just, and it, I mean, and that probably helped me a lot in my ability to be able to seek the Lord, Get preach through it. Yeah, all those true. sort of things. Because I just true, I had not that all little box can I could put that in. You know, moment. it just it just dawned on me a couple of weeks ago, Wednesday night. We had uh, um, a friend of mine, ex felon, gave a testimony. Russell, then Rick, ex felon, gave a testimony, and then you're giving it here and then tonight richard's going to be here <laughs> it's like four in a row what a, i mean what a blessing as far as god using the least likely and i'm drawn towards those who are humble and broken it's really hard for me to be around arrogant people that haven't really experienced that desperation that that they've dug themselves out of the pit with god's help and because of that they are gracious gentle to be uh, loving understanding you know, so that it does something to you. It really, it's almost like, and I don't want to encourage sin, God forbid, but it, it's, it's, it's when we fall, God often uses those times to really, really fine tune and shape our character. Well, two things you know? I want to comment on that is one is all of a sudden I, I identify with King David after I fell. Absolutely. And I says, I said, oh man, I says, King David failed with adultery but yet he was known as a man after god's own heart it's amazing and he goes all, all the way through the new testament so that story gave me yeah. gave me hope and uh and the other thought that i wanted to share was the uh, uh we we're talking about oh man i just forgot about it what the other topic we we're talking about but they're the the um oh loving much so when i oh. so when i got saved when i got saved at tracy penitentiary and i'll, I'll kind of maybe use this as kind of our sort of closing thing the problem that I had 
with thinking about my life in Jesus was if there was a God, I was convinced that there was, he would never want anything to do with, with me. Yep. Right. And I remember when I went to that prison chapel and I was like in the middle, halfway through, right in the middle there. And they started singing this little kid's song. And it was, yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, I, and this, I just started my prison sentence. I'm 21, yeah. 20 years old, something like that, right? And I'm like trying to process what it takes to be in prison, a convict guy. Mm-hmm. I'm in this chapel and all these convicts around. And somehow I knew that was a little kid song. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, these guys are singing a little kid song, right? But then I started singing it. Yes, Jesus loves yeah, the love Me, of God. Right? Yeah. And it just like it poked my heart a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, dude, he loves me. And then I sang it again. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, uh, yeah. Jesus. All of a sudden, this heart, for the first time ever, believed, started believing that mm. Jesus loved me. Yes. You know, and the power of that love that will wow. reach down and grab a hold of you. And that was the day in July of 1988 that I, I went forward and I received Christ in my life. And But it was that realization that Jesus loved me. And it's that great love that I think keeps you so desperate. Yeah. And so no matter what, you know, all the stuff I'd done as a young man up to that point, and I used to manufacture, when I, my crimes at that time, I used to manufacture speed. I was, Crystal, I was a dope fiend, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I might have Selling lit, eight balls. Yeah, no pounds for oh, me. Pounds. But, yeah. Oh, gosh. But, but that whole lifestyle and all the crazy other stuff associated with that lifestyle, that was me. That was my identity. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing about my life that I thought... If there's a God in heaven that he would want anything to do with me, right? Wow. And so, but, you know, when you fail as a leader and the, and you and you hurt people that you really care about, you really love, right. and you just, you feel so low, right? You're just like, man, and you feel like you're in that pit and you're just stuck. And then you realize that, man, he's not done with me yet. Yeah. His love and his grace, he'll pull me out. Wow. He pulls me out of that muck and mire. His arm's not too short. He'll pull me out. He'll set my feet on a rock. And my ear's not too heavy. Right. I can hear. <laughs> he establishes my goings. He's given me, a, a, mm-hmm. and he's blessed me where I'm at. Like I said, the Way World Outreach is an amazing church. Yeah. Doing a lot. Where of Where can there. people find you if they Gary Hornsby? Oh, easy. Just mm-hmm. just type. My, my name's not real popular, so you just type okay. me on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. Okay. And, but I attend the Way World Outreach in San Francisco. And I, I would encourage you know even speaking at men's events. You know, we've yeah. got people here or, or leaders that watch that's the, this. That's like yeah. one of the main things I do. Yeah, we want yeah. to get you out here soon too yeah. as well. So, all right, Gary, I want to you know just end with a thought as I'm thinking about all this is. We can still hold to the truth of God's word. We can still pursue holiness, hate sin, but we can also still love people and show mercy and grace and, and find that balance. You know, that balance does exist because you see some people, it's all about grace and mercy. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if you fall, no big deal. But then you have the other side that that's so rigid. And uh, if you fall, you're never allowed back in the, the doors of the church. Yeah. You know, and that and neither extreme is... It's good. Here, here's a principle that I hope everybody gets. When you pursue Jesus, you find the real you. Yes. Remember absolutely. that promise? Absolutely. It may cost you everything. Yeah. But you're going to find the real you. And what I love about my life right now, I'm 
It's a real Gary. They're, they're yeah. not, they're, I'm not modifying, Lord, bless me with another wife. I don't modify me at all in any circumstance other than saying, Holy Spirit, what's my responsibility? Yes. I try to follow that as my guideline. And so my, that's my that's my daily calibration. Because what happens is you're pursuing him, all the dross is removed, the refiner's fire. Right. And the real you comes out because you're open, you're honest, you're transparent, you're not trying to hide things. Um, and, and, and because of that, here's the real me. And Jesus loves me just no matter how I am. Uh, he, he restores and he holds me all together. So anyway, appreciate you coming out here Thanks to do this. Me. And uh, again, this is Pastors Unplugged. Make sure to subscribe uh, at all the different platforms, iTunes, Podbeam, YouTube, Rumble. Um, I think there's 16 or so different platforms. And then obviously contact Gary if you need someone to come speak at a men's event. I can tell it would be a great message, very encouraging for the men. So signing off, thank you for watching this episode. If you need additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.